Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. We're going to talk some USC football, of course, with Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. It was a bye week. Hopefully everyone got to recharge your batteries. Actually went away for the weekend out the Palm Springs area with my wife, Indio, actually. It's nice hanging by the pool, not doing a whole lot. We're going to get back to the podcast. It's a short week this week because USC plays California on Thursday night in the Coliseum. Hope you guys are going to be able to come check it out. Just follow uh, follow Coach on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Inside Troy. If you want to get our updates and stuff during the game, we like to do that. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, podcast at uscfootball.com is our email address. Or you can give us a call, 641-715-3900, extension 816-646. Leave a voicemail there. Try to keep it brief. Or go to peristylepodcast.com. Click on the left side of the page. You can leave a voicemail right from your computer or mobile device. A lot of ways to get a hold of us. We're on iTunes.com slash Peristyle Podcast if you want to subscribe or leave us a rating. We love that kind of stuff. We're on Audio Boom, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, pretty much any podcasting app you can find us. If you don't see us on one, just email me and let me know, and I'll uh, make sure we get added to it. So without further ado, let's bring in the coach. Following the bye week, I think he got pumped up. Probably a few extra workouts for the coach. What's going on, coach? How you doing? You're right, Brian. I'm I'm getting in pretty good shape again. I'm not kidding you. I'm getting the reps up and keeping the the weight down, but getting a lot more reps in. I feel really good. I rehabbed up a little bit as far as, you know, getting my cardio in and everything and uh, I'm ready to go. You know, I hate bye weeks, you know that. Especially if I would have been uh USC. I hate a bye week. They're on a roll, they won three straight, they're they've got their timing down, they're improving, and then all of a sudden you have some take some time off. Now, of course, a couple of players, Justin Davis, uh, Schuster, he needed to get his back uh, rehabbed a little bit. But, you know, as a coach, if you talk to any coach, I don't care what level it is, when you're playing well, you want to continue playing. You're in a routine. You're used to practice. Uh, your, your timing is down on the offensive side of the, the football. The speed of the game is now with you. And, uh, you know, you got to pick that back up. I used to come back and scrimmage. Uh, you had to get some scrimmage in to get again your timing as far as tackling and not over pursuing and all the little things that if you don't do all the time every day, you lose the effect of it and uh, parts of what you've been co- become good at, you lose a little bit. Well, that's why you hope that the team was able to keep that continuity going, coach, because a three game winning streak after a one and three start, obviously. Not ideal start, but being able to get that back. Uh, it's going to be weird, though. Thursday night uh, against California, a team that's scoring a lot of points. Uh, the you know, transfer from Texas Tech, Davis Webb, had a little thumb injury you know, a, a couple weeks before, but he looked really good over the weekend. I mean, he was nominated for Pac-12 Player of the Week, uh, throwing the ball all over the field. Uh, they can run the ball a little bit, too. I mean, I, I mean this is not going to be an easy test. Uh, you know, Cal's got a short week, but it's a short week where they scored a whole bunch of points and got a really big win. Maybe that helps them. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It's kind of like 
the Dodgers waited for Kershaw for, you know, five days rest instead of three. He didn't look as sharp. Maybe he got a little too much rest. I don't know how it's going to go on Thursday. Well, I agree. Webb is a heck of a quarterback, and uh, he really fits well into what Cal does. Through through the ball 60, I think 61 times, and really uh, that gets a running game going. they got two great running backs, or running backs that really are adequate running backs with their passing game, and, and Williams and uh, – is it Watson? Maybe it's Watson and Muhammad. Boy, I tell you, they rushed the ball well against Oregon and got a big win. And, and when you look at the victories they've had, you know, they beat Hawaii and Australia. They beat Texas. They beat Utah. And that's Utah's only loss and uh, Oregon's victory. So, you know, they're not intimidated. They, they feel good about their team. They feel good about what's going on. Their defense is not up to being one of the top defenses in the country. They give out about 500 yards a game, and you can rush the ball on them and then throw the ball adequately, especially if you get your running game going, which USC has got to do against them. It'd be quite a, 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 it should be a good game for USC as far as at home, getting back into it, getting the rhythm going. They've got to keep Cal off the field. That means it's back onto the offense. You've got to rest your defense because they are a hurry, hurry, hurry up offensive football team. They're at 118 plays against <laughs> Oregon and average about 81 plays a, day, a game. So, you know, you got to really uh, keep them off the field with your offense. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, I mean, uh, it's going to be a really interesting game. Who the heck knows what we're going to see? It's a Pac 12 and it's all kind of crazy, topsy turvy. Uh, but we'll see. If you guys want to come to the game, and you don't have tickets yet, go to sctickets.com. Give them a call at 1-800-888-7287. They've been helping us out for years here on the Peristyle Podcast. And uh, Coliseum should be interesting what kind of crowd we get. I think there'll be a lot of people out there. Um, you know, Thursday nights are always kind of strange. But this should be a very, very entertaining game. Uh, Cal is, a, a you know, such a... A fun team to watch if you like points, man. It was a 52-49 with Oregon. I mean, that just crazy, crazy scoring. Uh, the USC defense is playing good. Uh, will they be able to limit what Cal does offensively? Will Sam Darnold go nuts? Will Justin Davis play? A lot of, uh, interesting storylines going into this one, coach. But if you need tickets, sctickets.com or give them a call 1-800-888-7287. Hey, Ryan, if I don't get my shot in on Thursday night games and Friday night games into Los Angeles, then I'm not telling everybody how I really feel, okay? Okay. First of all, I think it's ridiculous to play a game in Southern California on a Thursday night at 7.30. I mean, think about it. It's 10.30 on the East Coast, so don't give me all that hogwash about the uh, the East Coast exposure, okay? That, that doesn't work. And how about the people that buy season tickets to USC football? And, uh, you know, when you buy your season tickets, they don't tell you what time the games are, at least half the games or more. So you buy the season tickets expecting to go and enjoy a great afternoon or early afternoon game. This year they had a game at 11. Now they have a 7.30 game on a Thursday night. How about the traffic in Southern California just on a, a regular day? And school in session, so you can't park on campus. I mean, how do you go to the the game you gotta go or you gotta take a day off of work you really do and then you get out of there about 11 11 30 at night you go back home and then you get up and you go to the work the next day i mean this is good this is good for maybe pullman or corvallis or, or somebody where and nothing against those great cities 
but where they don't have the, the traffic that Southern California has. And they, the exposure they get will be great. But in Southern California, it just doesn't work for SC. It doesn't work for UCLA as far as the Rose Bowl, the 210 freeway. And I think in a couple of weeks, UCLA plays a Thursday night game, and they say they should rot- rotate this equally. This is another great job that Larry Scott has put together in his package, <laughs> which, uh, which really it, it upsets me because it's not right for the football team as far as a, a middle-of-the-week game and classes and everything that's going on. Not great for the fans or the students on campus that have a class on Thursday night. Now they're going to go to the game. They're going to skip class. All right, you got to make a decision there. So I'm just not for this. And if I don't, you know, give you my opinion, then you know exactly that I I needed to vent like a lot of our callers do. Okay. You needed to vent. That's okay. We don't really like the uh, Thursday night games either, but you know. Whatever we'll uh, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, Cal played. I think they played back to back. They played Friday night last week against Oregon, if I'm not mistaken, and then uh, now they're playing on a Thursday night. So at least they get like one extra day. But um, well, we want to jump into some questions, Coach. Uh, and we, like I said, we got some voicemail questions this week during the bye week. Let me play the first one for you. Hello, Ryan. This is Ed Duncan up in the high desert. Well, I feel a little better than the last time I called. Congratulations to the men of Troy. Uh, the play has been much better by the players. The coaching has been much better. T. Martin's doing a good job, and uh, also that quarterback, he's fantastic. I got one little small suggestion to make. Uh, when USC gets ahead, I notice they let up off the pedal just a little bit. And my recommendation to them, look, you get ahead, play like you're still behind. Don't let up. And number two, we've got to keep pressure on the court, opposing quarterbacks. That uh, first half of the Arizona State game is the way USC needs to play defense all the time. If they do it, I truly believe that they could win out. So anyway, men of Troy, congratulations. Keep the good work up. Remember, keep pressure on that quarterback. Okay, over and out. Fight on. Well, thank you. We're glad you're feeling better. Keep checking in with us, and uh, maybe the Trojans can bring you a, a big win, as you say, and you'll feel a lot better. I guarantee you. First of all, on your question as far as finishing the game, and uh, I used to say, let's cut their head off. Don't injure someone. Let's cut their head off, guys. Come on. Let's don't get let up. And I would tell my coaches the same thing. Don't stand there and stand there and start watching the game. Let's continue coaching the entire game. Finish it out coaching, finish it out playing, and uh, make things happen. And sometimes you become conservative at, towards the end of the game, and you say, oh, what if this happens, and what if that happens, and you don't continue playing hard. And then a lot of times you go into that prevent, de- prevent defense, and a lot of times you've never used that the whole game, and you've been doing great on defense, and all of a sudden you loosen up your coverages and stuff not to give up the big play, and they get the big play as far as throwing underneath you and moving down the field. So if something's working, keep doing it and keep the pressure on. So I agree with you 100%. Uh, uh, you got to play hard the entire game and coach hard the entire game. Now, as far as the defense, I think they've improved. I think there's still some things they need to work on to improve. Yes, they, they put good pressure on the quarterback, but they can't lose contain. You've heard me talk about this 
uh, every week. You can't be a blitzing, stunning type of defense and lose contain, but where's a quarterback going to go as soon as he feels pressure up the middle? He's going to try to get outside, run away from the pressure. And quarterbacks have been able to do this against USC, especially to their right or USC's left. So you can't allow that to happen. Plus, you've got to be able to substitute possibly on a third down, a long situation, and get your guys in there that can come off the edge. You're not getting the pass rush from the edge that you should be getting, and you've got to have speed on the outside and quickness on the outside to make sure you get to the quarterback quickly so he doesn't even have a chance to attempt rolling out or getting to the outside. So I agree with you. Keep mixing it up. Play tight, man, at times. Don't let them nickel-dime you to death as they've been doing when you play off. Throw the five-yard slant, throw the five-yard comeback, the five-yard out, that type of stuff. Get up there and show them that you can play man with anybody. All right, Coach. Uh, we had a question from Tarek. He said, with the remaining opponents having mediocre or losing records, should USC consider Washington its season-defining game? No, I don't think that's true. I think to be able to make that a game, you've got a couple of games before that to, to make it really the big game you want it to be. So you've got to be able to get by Cal. And if you look to Washington in those games, that game won't mean anything. You've got to take one game at a time to make that a big game. If you're fortunate enough to beat Cal and you're fortunate enough to beat Oregon, and let me flat say this, if you, if you, my X is bigger than your O in both those games, okay? So you should win those games. I watched the Oregon quarterback, and he is not the quarterback that they've had the last several years there, okay? He's a freshman, but still, he's not the quarterback they've had there. They rushed the ball well, but they don't throw the ball well. In fact, they lost in overtime because he threw an interception. So, uh, yes, that will be a big game, but it won't be a big game unless you take care of business before that. That means you've got to beat Cal, and you've got to beat Oregon, and that'll make that a big game. So you better worry about what you have to do to make that a big game at Washington. And I sincerely feel that if they continue to improve, now I'm not saying they're going to, but if they continue to improve, coaching as well as playing, and implement the type of plays that fit their personnel offensively and defensively, <clears throat> I think they can play with, with uh, Washington. Now, but we don't even want to talk about that yet because that's a ways off. But, yeah, they got Washington, which will be huge, and then home against UCLA and Notre Dame. It could be a really great finish. But Cal comes first. Cal definitely does come first. That'll be a, a real real one to watch on Thursday nights. I hope you guys get out there and do that. Uh, we got John in Brea who wrote in. He said, with Stephen Mitchell out for the season, is it time to unleash – a Dory Jackson on offense in the slot receiver position. We might need a few more explosive plays in these next five games. Thanks for all you do, John and Brea. Now, uh, you asked that question, and you're asking the wrong guy. Because I've said, uh, even last year, I don't think he should have any type, anything to do with offense. He should stay over there and take care of what he's got to do defensively. He's got to be able to take away their great receivers. Remember, the last play of the game against Utah, Utah beats USC on the last play of the game, or 16 seconds in the game. And you've got to be able to have your guys fresh playing defense so they can't go down the field or you're fatigued or whatever uh, to stop a team when you need to stop them to win a football game. 
Not only that, you have 13 receivers. Now you lose Stevie Mitchell, but you've got other players. I really believe me, you've got a, a lot of great receivers, and I'm really surprised they didn't redshirt some of these guys to come back next year when you can continue with this type of receiver core, but they're playing a lot of the receivers, and that's good. I would have probably redshirted both the junior college players, allow them to mature and be big receivers for the following year because they're not getting the necessary turns they should be getting. And you've heard me say this all along. Why play people? Why not keep them in the bank? And then let your other players continue to grow with the quarterback and become good and make the plays that are necessary. So, no, I'm against that 100%. I think Adoree's against that. I think Adoree would do it if it's asked to do that. The kickoff return, punt returns, and playing full-time on defense is exactly what he needs to do, and I wouldn't even give it a thought. All right, uh, we got Big Nick uh, from Cyprus. Big uh, Big Nick, twenty one USC on the peristyle. He said, "Simple question, because I know this is what Ryan wants." LOL. Sometimes Nick likes to write in long, uh, long, long questions. So, thanks, Nick. He said, "What are your thoughts on the play of Jonathan Lockett, the cornerback? To me, he has been the most consistent corner on the team and an unsung hero." I think he's done a great job. I really do. I think he's your, like your third corner. You got to have a third corner. Uh, I agree. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've, I think Marshall's getting better, but I've always felt Marshall's an inside guy. I think, uh, Chris Hawkins has done a great job too. McCray's done a great job. Chris Hawkins is always around the ball. He loves to hit people. He likes to knock you out. He's the knockout guy in the secondary. But I think Jonathan Lockett has really done a lot, and I think he's really matured. I feel good when he's in the game. I'm not worried about it when he's in the game. You know, sometimes you put people in the game, you say, oh, the offensive coordinator just noticed who we put in the game. They're going to go after him. They're going to go after him. Well, I think they've tested him, and I think he can play. And the only way he gets better is, what do you hear me say? you play. You got to play the game of football to get better. You don't get better unless you're on the field playing. That's why I don't like rotation of a lot of players but you get because you get to learn what a receiver does or what a defensive back how he covers you you learn to gauge his speed you know how to play him because he's faster than you or slower than you or or whatever you know you can come up and bump him but you know he can't outrun you same thing as a running back you start to get in the rhythm with your quarterback your offensive line so i'm not a big guy to rotate okay I, i'm a big guy that this is not an in a mirror program this is put my best out there you put your best out there you bring your lunch i'll bring my lunch and we'll find out who's going to win this fight and uh but i think this kid is a kid that's maturing and this kid does when he get on the field give you the same type of momentum so i don't feel bad when he's on the football field because i think he's not uh gonna let you down let me use that term he's not gonna let you down and that's what i'm looking for all right, we got uh, another voicemail question for you, Coach. One second, here we'll play it. Hey, Ryan, Coach, this is Jeff in the OC. How's this one for an end-of-the-year uh, coaching change that might make everyone happy? Trojans finished the season winning most of their games. Kudos to Clay Helton. But we and Lynn Swan rehire. Guess who? Coach Ogeron, that's right, Coach O, comes back to lead USC. Coach Helton gladly accepts his job as offensive coordinator, which is probably a great fit for him. 
and everyone is happy and the world is right again. Just thought I'd throw that one out, see what you all would think about that. All right, you guys have a good uh, week. Uh, let's beat Cal Thursday night and have a good one. Take care. Well, the first thing I want to say, sure looks good on the sideline down at LSU. I tell you, if you watch the LSU games and watch him play and and the enthusiasm around him, heck, he won the first game. They poured a whole bucket of ice water on him or Gatorade, which means the kids love him, okay? He gets them to play hard. And this last week he got a big win, so he's won two in a row now. I think this week they got – is it this week they have Alabama or not? I'm not sure. I think they do. And – uh I mean, he's going to get your kids to play hard. Kids love him, okay? Uh, for him to come back to USC, like you mentioned, as an offensive coordinator, I believe you said he's not an offensive No, no, he wanted um, he wanted Orgeron to take over as the head coach and Clay Helton to move down to offensive coordinator. Oh, okay, well, that that I don't believe that's going to happen, no. okay? <laughs> now, really, I, I don't. First of all, uh, Ed right now wants the head job at LSU, okay? Uh, that's where he's from. That's where he's trying to stay. And, you know, the names that are surfing is Jimbo Fisher. Uh, he, he used to be the offensive coordinator at LSU. Guys like that, too. And maybe if they can't get those type of guys, it'll have a shot at it. I certainly hope he does. You know, he's been a head football coach at Mississippi. And there's a young head football coach then. They beat Mississippi this past week. And I always, always said Mississippi is loaded with talent. And they really be, what was it, 38-21? And uh, if he doesn't get that job, again, uh, it'll be tough on him. I really do think it'll be tough on him. But I really think part of the understanding when he got that job was there was no guarantees he would keep get that job. And, and, and I think he was misled at USC. I think he won six straight and then lost to UCLA. And then, you know, the way that went down was not very happy or very, I would say, the way you do things. Uh, at LSU, I think they've got to be, uh, they've been up front with him more, and I think that he's got a deal there forever if he wants it, like he could have had at USC, and he would have stayed at USC if he'd have been treated right, but they didn't treat him right. They misled him. So I think that's where he is there. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think he'll be, he'd be a great head coach at Fresno State. If he wanted to become a head coach, he knows the West Coast, he knows how to recruit, they've uh, let their coach go there, and there's a lot of other coaches that are being named maybe he'll have to get take a, a lower level type of head coaching job to get in there and be able to prove that he can be a great head coach but i love him as a coach i love him as his pers- as a person i love his enthusiasm and all of that so right now i think his number one thing is to become the head coach at lsu not to come back to usc they crushed him they crushed him the way they handled him i mean I really feel he had, and I, I don't know this, but I think he had a breakdown over that with the way it was handled. So let's move on. Yeah, um, just a few thoughts here. The, the one, when I, uh, the caller was like, it'll make everyone happy. I, I don't know if, I mean, maybe the exact opposite of that. That would make so many people mad. There's no way. Um, there's a lot of people that don't want Clay Helton to be the head coach next year, USC fans. It just doesn't matter how USC finishes. There's a lot of them. I can guarantee you, the majority of them do not want Ed Orgeron to be the guy to take over if they, for whatever reason, made a change and got rid of Clay Helton. Um, that seems a very unique and, and rather strange take because the people that 
are are the the, the people that are supporting Clay Helton when the things were down. Usually the same sort of people that supported at Orgeron. Um, and I love I love Ed to death. He's got a shot from everyone I've talked to. He has a shot to get that job uh, at LSU. Um, they just beat a ranked Ole Miss team. Um, the offense looks a lot better. It would have been nice if they got a, a win over Florida, but they get to play them at home now this year. They have a bye week this week. They can get ready for Alabama. Uh, they play an Arkansas team that, you know, has looked good sometimes and looked really bad uh, last week. And then they end the season, you know, they have Florida, and then they end the season with Texas A&M playing on the road. At Kyle Field won't, you know, won't be easy. Uh, but he's got a shot. I mean, and, you know, from the people I talk to, if he's able to beat Alabama, which – who can beat Alabama? No one really can beat Alabama right now. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's promising for him. And I think he has a real shot there where I don't think he had a real shot at USC. Uh, unfortunately, like even if he beat UCLA in the last game of the season, I don't think the USC brass wanted Ed Orgeron as the head coach as much as he fired up the troops. And, you know, to be fair, a lot of fans were behind Ed Orgeron, but there was a bunch that weren't. And just they, they felt the same way Pat Hayden did that he wasn't. USC head coaching material. And, you know, I think you could argue that one way or the other, but I thought he was a better option than if you weren't going to hire him, then you should get a good guy. And they end up bringing in Sark, which I don't think was the greatest, obviously not a great hire at all. So, um, it's just some of the baffling, uh, you know, decisions made by the USC administration coach. Um, but for, for Ed Orgeron, yeah, he's not. <laughs> They're not demoting Clay Helton to offensive coordinator, bringing Ed Orgeron back. That's just that's probably the last scenario in the whole world that would happen. I agree with you, Ryan. They can't do that. So, but I want to wish him the best of luck at that LSU job. I really do. Uh, he looks so good on the sideline. He looks so different on the sideline too. Uh, he's not uh, doing his raw raw charging. He's in charge of the game. I thought he leaves, lets his coordinators run the game, and I certainly hope that. Uh, He's strongly considered. So we, that's all we can do on our end. So uh, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of USC fans are rooting for him too, Coach. Um, there's some that just whatever don't like him, but I think for the majority, the people we see on Twitter on the message boards, they're rooting for him. All right, we have one uh, last voicemail question for you, Coach. Hi, Ryan. This is Al from Fresno. Just got a quick question for the coach or Dan, anyone that can answer it. I see the SEC uh, getting um, rankings every year. Uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, these guys can lose four games and still end up in the top 15. Uh, how is that possible? Is the Pac-12 or the Big Ten or Big 12, you know, are they making stink about these fake rankings and how the Pac, how the SEC is stacking uh, the rankings and so everyone else could, has to beat them out to even be to be mentioned? Uh, if someone can answer that, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Fight on. Well, I don't know if we can answer it, but uh, we can certainly attempt to. First of all, the SEC has the greatest marketing department in the world, okay? They're the smartest conference of all of them as far as the way they market their pro- uh, their product. I mean, they, they have uh, they have a, an agreement with ESPN. They get primetime games. Uh, they have their games on it. I don't know if they have a 7.30 game on television. They might have a 5 o'clock game. Uh, prime time for both East and West Coast. Uh, they market it. Uh, they have a lot of uh, people who vote in the Southeast, and, and they have a lot of people that uh, join all the services, that listen to all the ESPN uh, 
programs and blogs and all of the things where everyone knows that's a very important area because that's where they get all their subscription. And uh, so they're going to take care of them. They're smart, too, in the way they schedule. Very smart that they that they give their teams a break during the Southeastern Conference where they can pick up a, a good scrimmage against somebody and they'll get a W and yet regroup and get your energy back to get ready for another game. Their whole uh, thought process is far ahead of, of any of the other conferences. Now the Big Ten is starting to adjust because the Big Ten went down. So they're starting to do different things now to to adjust to and hiring coaches that are the type of coaches that can bring the type of winners like a Harbaugh and Urban Meyer and Jeff Franklin. Where, where are those guys from? They're winners, West Coast guys, Southeastern Conference guys now in the Big Ten. And they continue to do that type of upgrading with their doing. And uh, you don't see their games either at midnight uh, on anywhere. So it's part of a marketing deal and a, and a, and a, and a thing that uh, uh, half the people in the in the east or southeast or where they vote don't even see the west coast games uh, and and it's hard to market something to get the votes that are necessary and right now the pac-12 has a different type of philosophy they still don't have direct tv which is something that's a must as far as getting your games out nationally the times of their games on the agreements that they signed with espn and other Affiliates uh, are not that standard of what they should be for the Pac-12 network. And uh, they're playing uh, nine Pac-12 games is something that's a little bit difficult, too, because, remember, another team gets a win, but another team gets a loss. So you automatically are, are, are beating your own people, and your record, when you lose, you move down. So you're playing not a Patsy, you're playing somebody that's, just as equally possibly as good as you are. So you're playing against yourself as far as the rankings and all of that. So, uh, you know, there's, I think there's only two teams currently right now in the Pac-12 that are ranked. I'm guessing Washington and Utah. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody, Brian, I'm, is anybody else ranked in the top 20? Uh, I don't Colorado, know. Colorado, Colorado. Colorado might have snuck back in. Yeah, they were in for a bit, then lost USC. Now I think they're back in, so. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough thing, but uh, they're, they're smart at what they do. I, th- I just answered the question that way. They're real smart at what they do, and they, they do have good football. Football is important. It's a religion down there, too. It's a whole different religion down there, and their teams have proven to be great teams, but they're smart the way they do it. Yeah, certainly, and um, I think the, it's, a, it's a way to game the system. When you've got 14 teams and you have two divisions and you only play eight conference games, that gives you four out of conference games. A lot of these teams will end up in a bowl game and they'll go two and six in the SEC. In the conference play, they're two and six, but they go four and oh in the out of conference. So they end up six and six and they go to a bowl game. It's a, it's definitely a way to game the system. Um, and the SEC does it better than anybody. Um, it's, it's a little different now. I think where it used to be there was uh, more parity. Um, it's, I think it's kind of be, you know, Alabama and the rest, uh, which is kind of like the way the Pac-12 was were for a while for USC. Uh, but you have the top team, the best team in the country in Alabama, and then a lot of other teams with a lot of talent. Um, and to be fair, they're winning some of these out-of-conference games early on that the Pac-12 
doesn't do. Uh, UCLA goes out and, you know, loses to Texas A&M. That was a big one, you know. Uh, USC gets thumped by Alabama. Um, it, when, so you have things like that happening. Those early season games, coach, to me, mean a whole lot. And the SEC tends to win a lot of those and you're getting the benefit of the doubt. They're, they're definitely getting the benefit of the doubt. The fact that Old Miss was ranked at three and three was ridiculous. Um, but they were, you know, and that's just, that's just kind of the, the, they do get the benefit of the doubt, but a lot of it's the systems being gamed for their advantage. I mean, they're taking advantage of the system until they get that ninth conference game. Like you said, coach, you miss so many teams when there's 14, you know, teams in the conference and you only play eight games against them. You could miss, you know, Alabama and LSU and, and Georgia. I mean, you could miss so many good teams and it's just like, okay, we saw that with Vanderbilt. Like, that's why James Franklin is at Penn State right now. They were, he was able to win a bunch of SEC games without playing some of the best teams in the conference. And it's, I think there's just ways you can game the system and, and that conference does it the best. You're right. You're exactly right. They do it the best and, and they do play great football now. Let's don't take that oh, away. Yeah, yeah. They, let's don't take away the quality of their football. They play great football and they really believe in it and they have a hundred thousand people almost at every single football game or more. Uh, so it's it's a big deal down there. It's big business. Okay, what do we got? All right. Well, that was it, Coach. That was our last question. A lot, glad we got a lot of voicemail questions. It's nice when you guys call in. We can hear your voice and kind of chat about what matters to you. But um, it was a good one, Coach. I'm glad we got to recharge the batteries after the bye week, get back at it. And uh short week until we're out in the Coliseum, check it out the uh, California Golden Bears. Yeah, it's always great. It's always great to be game week. I tell you, uh, you know, you like to play every week. Like I said at the beginning, you don't like to, uh, sit around, but you got to utilize it in recruiting. I think most of the time you use it in recruiting and trying to keep your team in rhythm. Uh, I don't know what USC's practices have been like, but I hope they're running around and they're trying to get the speed and they're tackling back and they just haven't, uh, let up like a, like a short bowl period of time. You got to maintain your, intensity you got to maintain your timing and all the things that you can't take a quarter to figure out and get it back you can't especially against a team like cal who can score a lot of points all right well coach great stuff really appreciate you coming on and uh looking forward to the game on thursday and we will talk to you again next week thanks buddy i want to thank all of our callers too out there and again if you want to talk to me direct on uh well tonight monday night 7 p.m just call 714 and uh, we can check out additional questions. Hey, Ryan, thank you, buddy, very much for being a part, letting me be a part of your podcast. Of course, Coach, anytime. And uh, so you'll be on AM830 tonight. Is that the the show? Tonight. Tonight. Okay. Uh So tonight, check it out, AM830 at 730? 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, sorry. So 7 o'clock, Coach loves talking some Trojan football there, too. So check it out. You can get it online, too, if you're not in Los Angeles. Uh, on that's the angel station here in LA, but thanks to the coach. Check him out. Follow him on Twitter at coach every hide. Follow me on Twitter at inside Troy. Hope you guys enjoy the bye week getting ready for game day on Thursday night in the Coliseum. This is Ryan Abraham signing out for the peristylepodcast.com. We will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC tickets is your concert sports and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287, that's 1-800-888-7287, or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. 
SC Tickets, Concerts, Sports, and Theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.